Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there and welcome to the podcast. I'm glad that you have downloaded our podcast to listen to us. We appreciate the, the support that you have given us through prayer and, and your financial uh, support as well. We've always struggled to uh, maintain that and we're hoping that God will continue to allow us to do this podcast. Uh, there's a lot that goes into this, a lot of time and effort uh, on our own personal resources, which are very limited now, and so uh, trying to keep an internet uh, going, trying to borrow other people's internet to upload our podcasts that we record, and we'd like to get our internet back on in our home, and so anyway, uh, I certainly hope and pray that you'll be considering uh, those things as we move along. I know so many people do listen in the third world countries, persecuted countries especially, which I find amazing. And uh, believe it or not, Europe is starting to listen more and more. So uh, we are, we think that's pretty neat. It, it is a blessing. And so we're going to talk about the Feast of Tabernacles today, the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm not sure how long we will talk about it, but that's the plan. As I have no script, I just kind of talk as I go. Sometimes it's probably pretty obvious, and other times maybe not. So, But I would encourage you to take notes and follow along. Please always open a Bible and, and read uh, what we are reading so that you know that we are talking straight from the Word of God. We generally use uh, the New American Standard Update, occasionally the New King James Version, or the English Version for the Deaf, which I am becoming more and more every day. So... Anyway, uh, that's enough of that. So open a Bible, please, and follow along. We're going to try to see if we can find Jesus in this Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, the Scripture main thrust of this will be in Leviticus chapter 23, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 through 34. Uh, I'll be reading other uh, verses as well. And so if you want to mark that, and turn with me to Exodus 23 verse 16. I will be reading that here in just a minute. This uh, seventh, this is a, a feast number seven, generally speaking. That's how people uh, write them down when they make out a list. I am not recording these. I know I did one last week. Uh, not in any particular order of the feast. Just kind of when I, I flipped a coin in my head and came up Piece of Tabernacles. How's that? So I don't normally joke around on the podcast. Maybe I should do that more often. But this Feast of Tabernacles, um, because the Jewish people lived in tabernacles, and to remind them of God's provisions, uh, the 40-year trip they had through the wilderness while they're wandering around, uh, and they lived in very similar type shelters. It is also known as the Feast of Ingathering, and you can see that in Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. Celebrate the Feast of Harvest with the first fruits of your crops and sow in your field. Celebrate the Festival of Ingathering at the end of the year when you 
gather your crops in the field. And so uh, because it was reserved after all the crops had been harvested, it celebrated uh, God's past provisions in the wilderness and their wandering around uh, and his present provision. Of course, that would be that of the harvest. And this started uh, in, in a religious calendar in the seventh month. Uh, and it lasted seven days. The Jewish calendar is a little different than our calendar today. And maybe I can do that in a podcast another time, try to explain all that. But the first day uh, after the eighth day were Sabbaths, nowhere was permitted. And there's three passages that will describe this particular feast. Uh, people were to live in booths and rejoice before God with branches. In Leviticus uh, 23, uh, verses 33 through 43. So we're going to read that, so bear with us. Uh, follow along here right after this break. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. Okay, so we are back in Leviticus chapter 23, and we're going to read verses 33 through 43. 33 to 43. So this is from the New American Standard. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth of this seventh month is the Feast of Booths for seven days to the Lord. On the first day is a holy day. You shall not do any laboring work of any kind. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy presentation of offering by fire to the Lord. In its assembly you shall do no laborious work. Verse 37. These are the appointed times of the Lord which you shall proclaim as a holy Present offering by the fire to the Lord, excuse me, burn offerings and grain offerings, sacrifice and drink offerings. Each day's matters matter on its own day. Besides those of the Sabbath of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and besides all your votive and free will offerings, you will give to the Lord. Verse 39. On exactly the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days, with rest on the first and rest on the eighth. Verse 40. Now on the first day you shall take your cells and the foliage of beautiful trees and palm branches, broad of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall thus celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a perpetual statue throughout your generations, and you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall live in booths for seven days. All the native-born in Israel shall live in booths. 
verse 43. So your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So uh, there is a significance for this feast for Israel. Here, it, one of the importance of this feast would be uh, is one of the three pilgrim feasts. Three times during the year, all Jewish males were required to appear before the Lord in the temple. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Tabernacles. These were all pilgrim-type feasts that required pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And so they had to travel there three times a year. The importance is also seen in the number of sacrifices for this feast. Each day, one goat, 14 lambs, two rams, and a number of bulls, 13 on the first day, decreasing by one each day, were to be offered. So uh, this is a prayer of this feast as well. Uh, Jerusalem receives... Uh, about 20 inches of rain a year. And tabernacles mark the beginning of the wintry, rainy season from November to March. And the tabernacles came out in such of, uh, anticipation of this, the rainy season at its highest. And this was a prayer time for this feast was for rain, for their crops and for the land, obviously. Farmers today, we have rainy seasons. And, you know, we have dry seasons, rainy seasons, uh, summer, winter, fall, you know, those type of things. And if those events during the rainy season, during monsoon season, if there's not a lot of rain, there's not going to be a lot of crops. A lot of things will die out quickly. Uh, we don't necessarily see that so much today because of irrigation in the United States and, and other parts of, of the world, but that's not true completely for everybody. Not everybody has the resources to pump all this water out of the ground and, and irrigate their crops. They do rely on the rain. They had ceremonies at this feast as well. So arriving in Jerusalem... Uh, they they would build booths for this feast. Uh, by the afternoon of the 14th, thousands of levy booths would be lined on the streets, covering the hilltops, uh, all within a Sabbath day journey, about a half a mile probably, uh, from this temple in Jerusalem. At sundown, they would blast uh, the chauffeur uh, from the temple, announcing the start of this holiday. They had a water ceremony. Uh, each morning, a, a water, a, a sacrificing, a pouring out of liquid was, liquid was offered as a visual prayer for rain. And while the sacrifices were prepared, the high priest, along with a group of other worshipers, went to, to the pool of Siloam. He had a golden pitcher that held approximately a quart of water. He would dip it into the pool, and, and then he would take it to the temple. Uh, another group uh, went south of the city to a place called Emotza, M-O-T-Z-A, where the willows grew. Uh, they gathered up branches, uh, taken them to the temple, and they were placed on the sides of the altar, and 
and formed a, a canopy over the altar. So in meantime, here's the high priest with, with the water from the pool of Salaam. He he'd reached the southern gate of the temple. It was known as the water gate because of this ceremony, not because of President Nixon. And as he entered, these three blasts uh, on silver trumpets would sound uh, from the temple, and the priest would recite here in Isaiah 12, verse 3, this is what they would pray, or say, excuse me, with joy you draw water from the wells of our salvation. That's from the NIV. And so here's the high priest. He went on to the water, take the water to the altar, to the inner court of the temple, uh, ascending to the ram, ramp, he would uh, he turned to his left, and there would be two more blasts. Uh, these uh, horns here, there were silver basins there, which uh, were drained at the base of the altar. Uh, there was drink offerings, one of wine, one of water during this feast. And then the high priest would raise a golden pitcher and pour out the water uh, for the offering. So at the same time, a drink offering of wine was poured into the basin. In Psalm 113 through 118, uh, kind of goes with this uh, feast as well. But there would be three blasts of these silver trumpets, followed by the pouring uh, that signaled to the start the temple music. And the, peace, the people would listen, they would chant these, uh, the Levites would sing these uh, Psalms we just referred to, 113 through 118. Uh, the congregation waved palm branches toward the altar and joined in the singing. Psalm 118, verse 25 says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. At the same time, the priest with, with the palm branches in hand marched uh, once around the altar. And so there's a lot of things that Christianity uh, does not know, doesn't teach, doesn't understand about these feasts, is how they did this, how God instructed them to worship and do things in a certain way. And I have to ask myself, has that really changed in the New Testament? A lot of people are going to say, well, we're not under the Old Covenant. Well, I get that better than I get credit for. But God has demanded, commanded, I should say, as to worship in spirit and in truth. And so uh, another thing they would do during this uh, feast would be the temple lighting ceremony. In the evenings, they would light up uh, the temple. On the second evening, people crowded into the outer court, uh, the court of the women. In the center of the court stood four towering lampstands. And they were lit. And the flames of these oil lamps just flooded the temples and the streets of Jerusalem with light. Then a group of Levites would gather into the inner court, uh, standing at the top of the 15 steps leading down to the court of the women. Uh, the temple uh, flutes, trumpets, harps, and other stringed imp instruments played as they sang the 15th Psalm uh, of, of degrees. So Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, each of these psalms were 
uh, descended to the next step. They would go down a step, and then they would recite this, this psalm, and then they would go uh, to the next step, and so on. So Psalm 120 to 134 equals 15. So the celebration was repeated every night from the second night until the seventh night. There in the tabernacle, Solomon had dedicated the temple of God, and his glory fell, lighting the fire on the altar, filling the Holy of Holies. You can, and Second Chronicles 5, verse 3 says this, And all the Israelites came together to the king at the time of the festivals in the seventh month. So, again, this ceremony reminded the people of God's glory and it, how it fell into Solomon's day, and, and they looked forward to this return to the days of the Messiah. You can read all about that in Ezekiel chapter 43, the first uh, five verses, if you want to do so on your own time here. But, and then the, here is this great Hosanna ceremony. On the seventh day and the final day of the Feast of the Temple, Water pouring ritual concluded with great fanfare. I mean, on the other six days, the silver trumpets gave three blasts. But on this day, they gave three sets of seven blasts. On the other six days, the priest made one trip around the altar. But on this day, they would make seven trips around the altar. As they marched around the altar, they would sing uh, this song the Hosanna verse in Psalm 118, uh, verse 25. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success as they wave their palm branches. Again, this was to see how great these people did this in Jesus' day. I mean, it's amazing uh, the parallel here. This is how the people greeted Jesus as he did his triumphal entry into Jerusalem in the last week of his life. And you can read that in Mark chapter 11. Uh, it's commonly called Palm Sunday in Christianity today. So there is the significance that we need to try to see as Christians. And I'm going to try to, to get all of this in here. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 and 2. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. So when Christ returns, this is what we need to see. When Christ returns, we're going to have this type of celebration as well, I believe. So let's read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. Verse 2. And I saw the holy city... New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as his bride adorned for her husband. So, the Jerusalem is the center of, of all of this. And notice that the new Jerusalem is presented in heaven that is now being prepared. And it points to Jesus as the living water. Speaking of the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? Here is John, the Apostle John, chapter 7, verses 37 through 38. I'll read from the NIV here. And John tells us on the last 
the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood it in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Jesus also would point uh, himself out here as the light of the world. It's in the next chapter, chapter 8, verse 12. Again, I'll be reading from the NIV. The next day, the eighth day, which is considered a Sabbath, when Jesus returned to teach in the temple, there he proclaims, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, verse 12. There is this personal significance for this for me when I think about all this. Jesus is who you are looking for because he is the light of the world. Jesus is who you and I need to be longing for. He is the living water. Follow the world and you're going to live in emptiness, sorrow, depression, Follow Jesus, and you're going to live life in its fullness. You're going to have peace. I'm not saying you're going to have an easy time on this world, but you're going to have peace that only God can give you. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Okay? Kind of an old thing I was saying in the church I've heard years ago, but there's a lot of truth in that. You don't have forever to make up your mind, listeners. We, we mentioned that the new Jerusalem is presently in heaven, is being prepared, and Jesus speaks about this in John 14 and, and the first three verses. It says, Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God? Believe in me also. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I did substitute a word there. If you're following along, you're going to know that. If you're just casually listening, you missed it. Uh, in my father's house are many mansions. I... I don't think that's a correct interpretation. Uh, it implies a beautiful place, and, and we all want to live in mansions. But I think it just means there's plenty of room for everybody who really, truly wants to be with Christ forever. The New Jerusalem is apparently still under construction. And when the last person... Uh, is on earth, he's accepted Christ, they've been washed in the blood, uh, no more rooms will need to be added. He's going to be coming for me, I hope he's coming for you. And, and wherever he is eternally, that's where you and I will be. I don't want to think of anybody to be condemned so now is the time to say, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to find a congregation who's going to teach me the truth of the gospel. 
not American version of Christianity, not traditions of men, but the truth of the Word of God. And I know I get messages, I, I hear people at work uh, talk all the time along these lines. How do we find a church in our area that's going to teach the entire Word of God? Not their favorite subject, not their favorite chapter and verse. Well, that's very difficult to do, and I would do my best to help you. Um, I pray that you can find that. Uh, if you're listening and you want to send me a message, uh, say, hey, I think we have that kind of congregation. I'd like to hear from you. And so if we could call all the people out of hell, I think they would do that. They would listen one more time just to know that they could be with Christ. I think we really need to see God for who He is. We need to see us for who we are as people in our role in the church and how we are supposed to go out and teach the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission in baptizing in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. This all comes through the mouth of God. Now, I already know I'm going to get an email or somebody's going to, who listens to this at work and say, ah, we're not Jews, we don't celebrate these things. I'm telling you this. I think it's important to understand where the roots of this are coming from, why we celebrate what we celebrate, who Jesus is and his fulfillment of these feasts is amazing. The parallel of this, and it's just not by accident. I, I think God planned all of this. I believe that. From the before the moment he said, let there be light, he had all this planned. It's not by coincidence. I think it gives credibility to the scripture from the uh, Genesis 1 to the Revelation, amen, for your maps. I hope you are enjoying this. I hope it's given you a little thought to maybe try to study out some of these things on your own. It's really kind of my purpose, really, is to plant the seeds and hope somebody else will water them and God will give the growth. And that's what I'm trying really hard to do. And somebody uh, is mentioning to me, uh, they listened to the last podcast and say, boy, your voice sounds really scratchy. Well, yeah, I've been under a lot of stress, haven't felt good, the allergies and the asthma have been really kicked in high gear, so I could use your prayers for that. I hope and pray that you'll consider financially and prayerfully supporting uh, the ministry that I have going here that God will continue to help and bless it through you. Again, I want to thank you for listening, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. 
Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you, and may He have the glory.